Hi, Ruby Ryder here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 283, Changing the World One Ass at a Time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcasts is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you'd like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire order, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of EnticeMe, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. Let's dive into your messages here. Hi, Ruby. My friend wants me to slut-shame him. I was wondering if you have written or recorded anything on this subject. I'm a strong lady, but it's not natural for me to belittle someone, especially a man I'm involved with. I know it's all play and fantasy. I just don't know what to even say. I've started saying things out loud to get used to saying things. Even if you can recommend a book to read, that would be great. I only get to see him every six months. Christmas time will be the next time we will meet. I want to thank you for sharing your knowledge to us less knowledgeable on pegging. Me and my friend worked together for seven years. I was married and now I'm a widow. When I went home last December, I looked him up. We had a great time. I started asking questions, and last time I visited in July and August, I was pegging him. It was our first time for me, and I loved it. I think he loved it, too. Not that I want to be a dom, I just enjoy sex. He extremely satisfies me, and I just want to make sure I return the same. Tell you the truth, I want him to be entangled in my web. (laughs) Thank you for reading my private message. Okay, so... Regarding the whole humiliation thing, wants my friend wants me to slut shame him. Anytime you are involved in a kind of verbal humiliation or degradation, it's really important to try and get the right words. So the first thing, even though it seems kind of unsexy and it would be lovely if you can magically have the right words to say and all that, what works best is if you sit down and have a conversation with him about the type of things he would like to hear you say. And if he's shy about that, or if you're shy about that, or because you guys are long distance, he could write that down too. In other words, it's kind of like this. You could say, so when you're fantasizing about me fucking you, and you are picturing me saying certain things in your mind, you're hearing those things I'm saying, and it totally turns you on, and you're jerking off to this fantasy, 
what am I saying? Specifically, what are the words that turn you on? Now, the reason I suggest this specificity is because everybody's a little different. And if you kind of try and go, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, you run the risk of saying something that can be really triggering for him and the exact wrong thing that he really doesn't want to hear. Like, I'm not sure the specific words here, but what if you chose a phrase that maybe his mother used to berate him with, right? Just because you didn't know any better, right? And you said that to him because you thought, oh, this will work in this context, right? And he would be like, oh my God, I can't hang with this because you just said the thing that my mom used to say and here you are pegging me. So see what I mean? This is why the specificity is really important. And I think ideally it would be great if he could write these things down, maybe in an email, you know, and give you suggestions because then you've got some key words that really turn him on. Some receivers might like being called a sissy slut. Some receivers might like the word slut, but detest the word sissy. Some uh, receivers like to have their ass called a boy pussy. Some hate that phrase. See what I mean? It's really, really individual. So I can't really give you a book because it comes down to you two discussing it. There is no magic formula, but I suggest that that conversation can be way sexy. I mean, you know, like I said, you can ask him, so what are you picturing me saying when I am fucking you in your mind and you're jerking off to that? Tell me what I'm saying. Tell me what you would love to hear while I'm plowing your ass or however else you want to phrase that. Maybe those aren't the words you use either. See what I mean? It can be very, very individual. I'm happy that you have found a lovely pegging partner. I wish you both a wonderful pegging experience at Christmas time. It gives you plenty of time to get that email going back and forth about different things that you can say to him. If you're curious about how to sort of keep the dirty talk going, one of the ways you can do that is just to sort of describe what's happening, right? But I think that there's a fine line between teasing someone, saying, yeah, you just can't get enough. Your ass is so hungry. You want it all the time. You're such a slut. Stuff like this. And saying things um, that are more degrading, like you're a worthless piece of crap. Because there are people who really enjoy that kind of thing, too. So see what, yeah, again, see what I mean? <laughs> fine line in there. Talk with him about this and fine-tune it so that your Christmas reunion can be full of exactly the kind of slut-shaming that he wants. <laughs> Have fun with that. Thank you so much for the message. Here's my next letter. I'm a longtime fan. Thank you for the wonderful work you do. I apologize that this question isn't strictly related to pegging, my longtime ultimate fantasy. I love to receive anal play. My wife doesn't like giving it. It took years before I broached the subject of anal play with her, to which she was staunchly opposed. Over time, she came to move past the stigma and find this desire of mine to be not unusual, even reaching a point where she will give me a gloved prostate massage on my birthday and around our anniversary. Feeling an overwhelming desire for anal penetration more than once a year, I recently caved and bought my first toy, a set of vibrating anal beads. My sex drive is generally higher than hers, and an occasional practice of mine became masturbating in bed next to her, always with her consent 
consent. The other night, feeling unusually frisky and badly wanting something in my ass, I asked her if she minded me masturbating while using my new toy, to which she replied, of course I don't. I proceeded to first lube myself with a finger and then inserted the toy, playing with it for about 10 minutes, enjoying the wonderful sensations as I lightly thrust it in and out and in circles before I even started touching my penis, which I paused frequently so as to not finish too soon. I would also add that I was completely naked, which has never been the case before when masturbating, and even, usually, not during sex, as I'm extremely self-conscious about my body. I am usually very quiet during sex and masturbation, but found myself moaning constantly. When I finished, I was shocked by how much I came, hitting myself as far as my chest and shoulders. It seemed to go on forever. As soon as the orgasm subsided and I regained feeling in my legs, I immediately felt profusely embarrassed. My wife didn't give me any reason to. She playfully commented on how far it went flying and said it was nice to hear me, quote, make some noise finally, end quote, and to, quote, see all of me, end quote, which I appreciated. But between my poor body image and still feeling like I'm not supposed to want things up my butt, and also, perhaps since my wife doesn't like doing it and was vehemently opposed to it for so long, I feel very ashamed to have obviously found it so pleasurable and to have been so exposed. I feel embarrassed and, frankly, kind of gross. I wonder if you have any thoughts as to how I can move past this. Kindest regards. And this is from Steve. Steve, this is so... Um, this is so vulnerable of you, this moment that you shared with her. Uh, first, let me say that masturbating in front of your partner is really vulnerable because when we masturbate, we kind of let loose. You know, we can do all those things on our own, by ourselves, that we sometimes can't let loose and open up and do in front of our partners. So all the reins are off and you can do whatever you want. Like picture masturbating in an empty house, right? You can make as much noise as you want. You can get as intense with it as you want. And there is this really profound vulnerability that happens when you share that really personal space with another person. I think it's absolutely beautiful that you shared that with her. And I think that her reaction seemed amazing, sort of like she kiddingly teased you. It's like, whoa, that went a long way. So I don't see that it was a negative on her side of things. She may be not all that thrilled about participating in your ass play, but at the same time, that doesn't mean she thinks it's a horrible thing. It's just her preference. In other words, she's saying no to something she has no interest in, or perhaps maybe even a little aversion to. And because she loves you and wants to keep you happy, she does it once in a while, but not very often because it's simply not her thing. That's very, very different than thinking you're gross or weird or strange because you love it so much. I mean, you could have a conversation with her about how basically prostate play helps men reach the pinnacle of their pleasure. It really, really does. And you know, evidenced by how you reacted when you were masturbating next to her. I love that vulnerability. And of course, this all can tie in with the whole man box thing because men are trained not to be vulnerable. 
and expressive in front of other people. And this was a very vulnerable thing to do. Vulnerability can feel really uncomfortable when you first start opening up and risking that exposure with another person. That's what it's all about. So I applaud you and kudos to you for having the courage to do that. And it doesn't make any difference whether it was just a moment of horniness or whether there was some liquid courage involved. You got there, you had a lovely time, you had all kinds of fun, you were next to her, and you allowed her to see that. So really what you allowed her to do was to know you a little bit deeper level. That's what you allowed her to do by sharing that moment with her. And clearly she wasn't put off by it, you know? So I I don't have any advice in terms of how to let go of that automatic feeling of shame other than to just know you're fine exactly the way you are. It is quite natural to feel that embarrassment and a level of shame when you first start doing things like this. But please remember that, you know, um, shame is feeling like there's something wrong with you and there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. (laughs) All kinds of men out there love butt play. Love it, love it, love it, okay? In fact, I just made something that I put up on Instagram, sort of chastising people who try and tell men that they shouldn't uh, like butt play and that it has some bearing on their sexual orientation because that's that's so like 2020, okay? We're in 2021 now and people know better. And this is absolutely one of the ways where you can reach the pinnacle of male pleasure. So thank you for sharing that story. I think it's going to resonate quite a bit with a lot of listeners because many have to cross this territory before they can totally relax into it. Uh, If you're really curious about what she thought, ask her, you know, what was it like for you to watch me do that? You know, what were you thinking? And you'll get her honest response, ideally, right? And maybe even ask if you can do it again, if it was fun for her. And maybe ask if she would masturbate in front of you. See, this could open up a whole new world here. (laughs) Thank you for the letter, and I wish you the best. Have fun with your ass play. You know, there's so many good toys out there. Oh, my God. Here's my next letter. I'm a 71-year-old male with a much higher need for sex than my 70-plus-year-old wife's current libido. For a variety of reasons, I know that I have a very responsive anus, rectum, and prostate, but so far I haven't been able to get my wife on board with pegging. Any thoughts? I asked her to listen to episode 112, but I have had no response back from her yet. Okay, so at this stage, when you have asked your partner to listen to episode 112 and they haven't done it yet, I would suggest something like this. And there's lots of different ways to handle this, but this is probably what I would default to. I would do some kind of really special night. Make make it clear that, that this is a really special time. Take her to her favorite place for dinner, that kind of thing. You know, and when you come back, maybe have a few drinks, whatever. When you come back, don't drive and drink, okay? Um, sit down on the couch with her. Ask her to sit down with you and listen to this and say there's just I this is only going to take like you know not even an hour of your time and I'm asking you please can we listen to this together and ideally she will say yes so that you can sit there and listen to podcast number 112 together I really do recommend that you sit and listen to it together why because there are all kinds of 
connotations, misconceptions, myths connected with pegging that are very incorrect. And people have a whole variety of those connected with their idea of what pegging is. And what this enables you to do is when you sit with your partner and listen to this podcast together, it stops you from having the necessity, either one of you, for bringing up the super scary subjects like, so, okay, you want to do this pegging thing. Do you want to dress like a woman too? See, you know, asking those questions one by one can feel really, really uncomfortable. And then you can either say yes or no to each of those moments. When I bring those subjects up, you press the pause button and you have a little conversation about it. And if you have not listened to podcast number 112 yet, you need to do that first. (laughs) Okay. But if you have, you know that I, I don't try and convince I correct misconceptions, I give accurate information, and I emphasize the relationship above all else, so that even if she decides this is not something she wants to do, it's not like a black and white thing. It could be she buys you a subscription to pegging porn, it could be she buys you a prostate massager with a remote and she gets to play with the remote and tease the hell out of you. There's lots of options. But I do have to mention here, (laughs) you are 71, she is 70. I am 64. I know what getting older feels like, so it's possible she's really not all that interested in having the energy that it would take to peg you, or that her libido has naturally decreased over time, and she's just really not that interested in being all that sexy anymore. So that is a different subject. At 70, I think that is fairly expected. It is more unusual to have a really strong libido when you get into your 70s. So that has to be taken into consideration too. You might be able to find a situation with equipment and with certain positions where it's comfortable for her, where she's open to it, where you're kind of doing all the work since it's sort of for you. You might end up having a partner who's willing to do things to you with a handheld dildo, which is a whole lot easier than doing the whole pegging thing. But the first step is to sit down with her and listen to that podcast. And the other thing you can do too is when you're asking her to do this, look right into her face, take both of her hands in yours and say, this is something that's really important to me. You know, I'm wondering if you would be willing to do this with me right here, right now. So good luck with that and let us know how it goes. I hope you are well on your way to more ass play the next time we hear from you. Thanks for the letter. Here is my next letter. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and I'm a bit new to strap on an anal play in general. I've expressed an interest in it to my wife and she is on board with trying it. I was ecstatic with her response. We have not bought any toys yet, but we have experimented with her using a dildo and vibrator on me with some limited success. I know how to properly clean myself out and use enough lubrication. My issue seems to be depth. Out of the few toys she has manually inserted in me, I can only take about three and a half to four inches in length before I hit what feels like an intestinal wall. I know there is what looks like a right angle bend down in the rectum. I think this is where I essentially bottom out and cannot take any more length of the toy. Do you have any suggestions to get past this bend? Is there a toy out there that would help me out getting past this barrier? We're using a water-based lubricant and it seems to work okay, but tends to dry out and get sticky quickly. We would also be open to a new lubricant suggestion that would be compatible with any body-safe silicone toys we may purchase in the future. Thank you for any suggestions. Okay, so here's a little bit of information regarding physiology. 
your rectum, which basically is your rectal canal, okay, varies in length from person to person, anywhere from six to seven and a half inches. So that's the first measurement. At the back of that rectal canal is that right-hand turn that you were talking about. That's the rectosigmoid junction. That is where your body literally takes a 90-degree turn. So all of you out here listening to this podcast for the first time, you know, if, if you started off pegging and you didn't study anything about it, and you're like, hey, our first toy was six inches by one and a quarter in diameter, and then I wanted to size up, and so my partner got one that was like inch and a half in diameter, and nine inches long and I just can't take the whole thing. That would be why, (laughs) okay? So it's really important to know that that rectosigmoid junction exists and that could be creating the feeling of bottoming out for a bunch of you listeners who may have experienced that. Now, that is not the issue with the three and a half to four inches in. This is what I think is happening to you. Halfway down the rectal canal, roughly, is what is called the... Shoot, what is the name of that muscle? (laughs) My mind is blanking, you guys. It is called the puborectalis. This is a muscle, the puborectal sling. So what it does is it attaches to the pubic bone, it slings around the rectal canal, and reattaches to the pubic bone. At rest, this muscle is contracted. That's its job. What it does is it pulls the rectal canal over to the side a bit, creating a bit of an angle. This is why they sell those things called squatty potties. What are squatty potties? Squatty potties are little stools that you pull up to your toilet and you put your feet on them. And basically what that does is it creates a semblance of a squatting position. Why would you want to do that? Because when you bring knees to chest, this helps cancel out that angle. So, I mean, I'm going to put a link to a picture that shows you the difference. And this is a picture I use in my webinar. And I talk about this in my beginner's webinar. This is one of the things that can happen. With some people, this puborectal sling doesn't even come into play at all. And with others, it's more of an issue. And with you, it sounds like it's more of an issue. So any position that you can figure out to put knees to chest, like for example, it'd be really easy in missionary position, right? But there's also a thing, a yoga pose called child's pose, where you're just kind of all folded up with your knees underneath you. That is also one that works really well. Or um, what am I thinking? Like little spoon, big spoon, right? That is a way that you can do knees to chest. So give that a try and see if that doesn't solve the whole problem. Because at at least that way, you know, once you have it inserted, then it wouldn't be as much of a problem and you can probably put your legs down is what I'm thinking is going to happen with you. Now, uh, can you consciously relax that muscle intentionally, voluntarily relax it, right? I think you can, but I think it is a very subtle thing that you kind of have to learn to do. For example... If you sit down on the toilet and you're going to do a bowel movement and you just sort of let your pelvic floor drop, that is this muscle relaxing. It can be difficult to learn to do voluntarily, and perhaps with some people it just doesn't work that way. So you will always have to do the knees to chest and initially get it inserted. But I'm thinking that once you do the knees to chest and you get it inserted all the way, that then you won't have a problem with it. So give that a try and let me know how that works. And I mentioned a picture. I'm going to put a link to a 
um, graphic that shows you, actually it's from the squatty potty type of thing, where it shows you what that muscle looks like, what it does, how it creates the angle, and how when you put knees to chest, it straightens that angle out, it, it smooths it out a little bit. So that will be in the links for you to take a look at. Let us know how it goes and if that solves the problem. Thanks for the letter. Here's my next letter. Thank you very much for doing these webinars. Looking forward to the advanced class in a week. At the end of the email you sent, you included a link to a cleaning bottle that Amazon has labeled for women. Since the class was about pegging, I wanted to know if that cleaning bottle was also something men can use. I also had a question in regards to cleaning toys. Is the alcohol cleaning and UV light cleaning primarily necessary when having multiple partners? I don't want to sound silly, but up until now I've been exploring with anal toys by myself, and I've either use dish soap and hot water or a toy cleaner when I'm done. But recently I asked my wife if she'd peg me and she agreed to. So I ended up showing her all my toys and it's pretty clear we will both get to enjoy them together and solo when needed, me anally and her vaginally. So my question is, should I now take further cleaning steps like wiping them with alcohol? We've been together 14 years and at this time there are no plans to invite anyone else into the bedroom. I just don't want her to get infected and have it ruin all the fun. And this is from Matt. Okay, so here is the deal. First of all, uh, your first question. I'm going to put a link to that specific cleaning bottle that I recommended in the webinar for everyone else to take a look at. It's not a top-of-the-line thing. It's really, really inexpensive, but I have had people rave about this thing, and since it's like 14 bucks, it's something that you can replace. It isn't. The nozzles that go inside your ass to clean it out are not silicone. They give you three different ones, and I believe they are rubber, if I'm not mistaken. So, because of what we know about toys, right, everybody, and different um, porous materials, that has a limited life. But once again, like I say, since it's 14 bucks, every once in a while you can just buy a new one. Um, yes, it does say that is for douching, but you can absolutely use it for anal. You just need to make sure and keep a good eye on those nozzles that you use and change them out every once in a while and then every once in a while buy a brand new one or buy something else if you want to. But that cleaning bottle was meant to be a budget alternative for people who needed something to clean out. They wanted something a little bit more thorough and involved than just a rectal bulb syringe type of thing because the rectal bulb syringe is like a $5 purchase at a drugstore, right? This, the tip of this nozzle thing that I'm talking about with the bottle, and the bottle has a press down top on it that creates the flow of the water into your ass, it has a whole bunch of outlets. So basically there's four or five or six different spray things. So it's really spraying in a 360 degree circle and cleaning out your ass. And I guess that's the best description I can give you. So yes, you can absolutely use it if you are a man and you're cleaning out your ass. That's not just for women. Here's your next question. So this is in regards to cleaning toys. So there may be people out there who disagree with me, but this is how I feel about cleaning toys. And I'm very open about this on my podcast and also on my blog. I do sex work. I specialize in pegging, okay? So I know about cleaning toys. I know about keeping toys clean and using them with multiple people. So here is what I recommend for cleaning toys. I recommend that when you're done with them, you just use some kind of ideally non-perfumed and... Um, 
non-dyed soap, but just wash them off with soap and water, right? A hand soap would be perfectly fine, actually. And then wipe them down with alcohol and then put them in the UV light box. That is your added level of insurance. The vast majority of time, um, if you boil them, you can do that too if you want to. But most of the time, wiping them down with alcohol is perfectly fine. There are toy cleaners out there, and Tiffany would probably kick my butt if she knew that I said that I'm not really a fan of toy cleaners. Uh, the most important thing is that you wipe it off well enough so that there is no residue of soap and things on there, and alcohol will do that perfectly. And I just don't see the need to spend any extra money. And who is this Tiffany I talk about? Tiffany Yelverton is the owner of EnticeMe.com, and she is a big fan of toy cleaners. <laughs> she totally is, but you know, we're all a little bit different. So after you wipe it down with alcohol, you put it in the UV light box. Why? Because UVC light kills 99.9% .9 of everything that is on that toy. We're talking including HPV, whether it is an, in an active state or in an inactive state, and it also will kill COVID. Seriously, there is a link to a study, and I'm going to put the links to all these things in my Linkorama. I haven't mentioned the Linkorama by name in a long time. What does it mean when I say the Linkorama? It just means the multiple links that I include in the show notes when I post up my podcast, okay? So in the Linkorama, I'm going to include link to a study that shows that Nine minutes of exposure to UVC light completely inactivates the COVID virus. It's pretty amazing. But more for our consideration, HPV, bacteria, anything, UVC light is like magic. Now, the one thing that can happen if you are sharing these toys back and forth with your partner, anally and vaginally, is sometimes even 100% quality body-safe silicone toys can get an odor from the shit, basically, okay? This can happen. So how do you get that odor out? You take that dildo, believe it or not, put it in the oven for at 350 for about half an hour, and it should totally take the odor off of it. It just inactivates it pretty much. The other thing you can try if you don't want to bake your dildos <laughs> is you can get professional strength polish remover, like fingernail polish remover and pretty much it's 100% acetone is what it is, and wipe down your dildo with that, okay? And after you do that, you definitely need to rinse it really, really well, but that can also take the odor out of a toy. But in terms of it being safe to use back and forth, I think it's perfectly fine to use the same toys. There's so many people that disagree with me, though. You get on Reddit and you throw that idea up there and there's like, no, you should separate them 100% and it's not okay. Okay, whatever, right? And the thing is, even in my sex work, I don't use condoms. I think they're just kind of a pain in the ass. If you want to, one of you, you know, you could use the condom if you're using it anally, if you want to. But if you take the steps that I talked about, you really don't need to. And the thing is, is that you, once you've exposed it to the UVC light, it's perfectly clean for either one of you to use. It's really, really quite safe that way. People kind of freak out going back and forth. But you know, the concern is warranted because you certainly want to clean it off really, really well and put it in the light box before you go back and forth because you can cause infections if you don't clean these toys as thoroughly as you need to. So 
Let's see if I've answered all of your questions here. I'm thrilled that she's down to peg you. I'm thrilled that you showed her all your toys. That is wonderful. And also your phrasing here, it's pretty clear we will both get to enjoy them together and solo when needed. <laughs> I love that. Yay, toy sharing. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for the letter. Let us know how it goes. Okay, here is my next letter, and it's pegging celebration time. I'm a 40-year-old man in my second marriage. My wife and I have known each other for about 17 years. My anal play started shortly after I started masturbating at 12-ish. I always knew it felt good, but never broached the subject with any of my partners. I've owned some toys, but never really involved anyone until my ex-wife. Fast forward to my second, last, and current wife. I finally, a little over two months ago, parentheses, we've been together again for almost five, told her that I have played with anal toys. I was nervous, excited, anxious, and trembling from the taboo of it all, that I'd like to play with her both on her and me, and that I would like her to use a strap-on with me. We looked through her toys that night, and she used one of her vibrators in my ass while giving me a blowjob until I came. I honestly had never heard the term pegging. I searched strap-on podcasts, not knowing if there would be anything. I drive a truck and listen to podcasts for four or five hours of listening time per day. I listened to a couple and found podcast number 112 and shared it with her. We had a pretty vanilla sex life, though very good sex, so it was a very difficult conversation for me. I'd never heard the term pegging yet. I honestly was trembling with anxiety and adrenaline. She took the whole conversation better than I could have imagined and just had some questions. What have we been doing all these years? <laughs> the next morning I was gone and she sent me a message that she was looking at toys. I also was. We both had found adamandeve.com. I have heard of it before, so I thought it was reputable. That night after the kids were asleep, we looked at the website and decided on an intro to prostate kit and scandal pegging panties. She was definitely more interested in the anal play than the pegging. Shortly thereafter, I had surgery and our new toys arrived during my recovery. My recovery lasted a while longer than either of us had hoped. She asked me when we were going to use the new toys and I said when I healed up. A week or two later, we used one of the butt plugs. Last week, I told her I wanted to try pegging and her response was, let's do it. So the next night, we had some foreplay. She put on the harness. I laid on my back. We put on some lube and she pressed inside me. She had my legs up. It took a bit of positioning and soon she was thrusting. I told her to slow down because that's the most I could verbalize so I wouldn't come already. I wanted it to last longer. She got on her back and I hopped on in cowboy position. After a couple times of me going up and down, she started pumping and stroking my dick. It felt amazing. I murmured, yeah, keep doing that. Shortly later, I managed to say, I'm going to come. I shot a huge load up between her beautiful breasts into her hand. She didn't want to get hit in the face. 
<laughs> I'm hoping for a second attempt tomorrow night. We've been talking more and more about it. She is generally more submissive in bed, but I think she is kind of getting into taking charge once in a while. She obviously is wearing the harness, but it's a turn on to hear her talking about how it's hers. Last night she even wore it around for a while. We are looking at toys on EnticeMe.com and will order soon. I'm leaning towards an Aslan harness, a fused tango, and something in the 7-inch long, inch-and-a-half wide dildo range. Any suggestions? We're leaving early Saturday for an almost four-hour drive and we'll listen to Podcast 102. Our journey has been long and winding, but my wife is my soulmate. We grew apart, grew up, and eventually grew together again. Best sex I've ever had. I feel like we communicate more, and we're talking about more toys for both of us. Thanks, Ruby. She asked if we get the pegging celebration music. I hope so. <laughs> okay, so clearly you got the pegging celebration music. And I apologize because I think I found this way in the back of my unanswered emails. I'm not sure how long it is, and I'm not going to stop to look it up right now. But yes, you absolutely get the music. Are you kidding me? And thank you so much for sharing all of that information. Uh, let's see some comments here. Good for you for taking a deep breath and having the courage to share that you love anal play. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am at her reaction. This is like the ideal reaction that most men would want to hear, that most receivers would want to hear. You know, your description of how it's like she puts the harness on and walks around and it's like it's hers and kind of shows it off and teases you. I talk about that in my beginner's webinar as a suggestion for givers you know own it walk around tease your partner have fun with it get used to it right i do have to recommend and comment on please don't buy your toys on adamandeve.com <laughs> really bad bad stuff really horrible stuff there's not very many good toys on there they pretty much have all of the cheap stuff so you could be looking at so much better toys, and clearly you mentioned that about EnticeMe.com, and you're looking at that. So I appreciate you looking at all the good stuff, okay? So that's the first thing I want to mention for anyone else listening. Don't go to Adam and Eve. They sell crap stuff. They're a retailer without integrity, basically, because they'll sell you toxic toys that have chemicals in them that have been banned in children's toys and pet toys and not even tell you. So yeah, that's the level of integrity they have. So... You are looking at an Aslan harness. If you're looking at the Fused Tango, you don't really give me enough information in terms of, are you looking at the Fused Tango because she just wants to feel something inside her while she fucks you? Or is she also looking at that external clitoral vibration aspect of it? Because if she is, Fuse also makes the singles that have those special bases on them that have the vibe insert. And I believe the one that matches those measurements of seven inches long and an inch and a half wide, let me check real quick. The Fuse Alpha is really close to those measurements. It is a half inch longer, so it's seven and a half inches long and an inch and a half in diameter. And it does have that vibe insert, so you can use the Wee Vibe Tango so she can get external clitoral vibration. Uh, but there's a lot of other choices. That particular dildo is pretty firm, so it really depends on what you like in terms of receiving. There's also another fuse toy in that medium firm range that has a suction cup base on it instead of that special base with the vibe insert that is realistic looking. It is called the 
Fuse Freddy Suction Cup dildo. So that's an option as well if you are open to realistic looking toys. And let me see what else I can find you in that measurement range. And of course, I'll put the links to all of these different toys in the Linkorama for you. If you're looking for something less expensive, Blush Novelties makes one called the Silicone Willy. And it is a realistic looking one. And it is also matching your exact specifications of seven inches long, inch and a half in diameter. And that is also a medium firm toy. Now, if you're looking for something a little bit softer along the dual density range, and what I mean by dual density is that softer outer layer that's a little more squishy and forgiving and then a solid inner core for functionality. If you prefer toys that are a little bit softer, Blush Novelties also makes the Neo Elite 7.5 inch. And it's funny because sometimes when they name these dildos, they just name them the entire length. And really what's important to us is the insertable length, right? The Neo Elite 7.5 is dual density and it is seven inches insertable with an inch and a half width as well and that is a blush novelties toy so even though it is a dual density toy it's not going to be really expensive that's what blush novelties does the very best is they put out the dual density toys the least expensive of any company out there and they are absolutely good quality toys and the last link i'm going to give you just for something different to think about is called the Limba Flex. This is made by Fun Factory and it is a bendable dildo. So if you have ever wanted something that has a specific kind of curve and you want to be able to finesse the curve that it has so that it hits your prostate exactly right, their medium size is 6.8 inches insertable, inch and a half in diameter. And you can bend it just the way you want it to hit your G-spot exactly the way you want it. Harness friendly, suction cup based, the whole thing. So those are some options for you. Depending on how long ago you sent me this email, you may have already purchased your equipment. However, those are what I can recommend for possibilities with those measurements. So those are a few alternatives for you. I'm sure there are other toys out there that are seven inches long and an inch and a half in diameter, but <laughs> you put the word dildo in your search for entice me. The other, you know, I could give you all kinds of different ones, but not knowing what your prostate sensitivity is. Do you want something that's going to give her clitoral stimulation with a vibe? All kinds of different things, but there are some suggestions for you nonetheless. I am way happy for you that your wife is your soulmate and that you are on a whole new journey together. Congratulations, you two. Thank you so much for sharing this story. And I hope you've had lots of pegging fun since you sent it in. And that's it for today. Peggingparadise.com is where you can find my blog, my podcast, and my erotica. Pegging101.com offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website if you want to. The follow tabs have links for you to subscribe to my blog and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and FetLife and all those different places. When you order exciting new toys from Entice Me, please do remember to use the coupon code BRIGHTER for free shipping. Send your questions to Ruby Ryder. 
Now, one of the things I want to mention to you patrons out there who might be listening, I have switched over to a new mailing platform, and I've talked about this before, but it is quite possible that because now you are not getting something mailed from MailChimp, and you're getting something from Ruby at PeggingParadise.com, because that is the, the address that's going to show up when it gets mailed to you, it's really important that you make sure and put my address in your address book or whitelisted or whatever you need to do, and please do check your spam to make sure that you've been getting what I've been sending. I get some pretty accurate statistics on what get bounced back, but if it's sitting in your spam, there's nothing I can do about it. And a bunch of you are canceling your patronage. <laughs> and, you know, attrition happens. And absolutely, I appreciate and absolutely, I appreciate any kind of patron donations and your support for as long as you wish to give it. But I suspect that some of you think you're not hearing from me at all, and you are, and it's sitting in your spam. So please do check on that if you can. If you need me to resend any emails in your patron, I can absolutely do that. Because one of the cool things about the patron emails is that really explicit material that I send links to, photos, GIFs, short clips and things. Yeah, that stuff is explicit. And I'm having such a good time with it because the reins have been taken off and it's like, yay, I can send the really explicit stuff and not worry about it anymore. Yes. So there you have it. I wanted to make sure and announce that because some of you are not getting um, those emails. I'm pretty sure about it. One last thing that I want to announce is if you're considering taking my webinars, those webinars are on a new platform now. I've also mentioned that. And this is a new domain called theartofpegging.com that I own. When you go in to register for those webinars, it's really important that you say yes to the mailings. Why? Because this particular mailing platform is global, so it, it runs under the uh, rules that of, of sending emails. And there are rules about this, right? So you have to say, yes, I can send you emails before I can send you emails. And I'm talking about reminders for the webinar that you just signed up for. But more importantly, I send documents with a crap load of links after the webinars happen. Those are so valuable for information and also for the equipment that I talked about in each webinar. You don't get those either unless you say, yes, I can send you stuff. So I'm not sure how much this is going to help by announcing it on my podcast, but I'm kind of trying to let everybody know everywhere. And I did post at the top of every description of each webinar the importance of saying, yes, I can send you things. And it's not like I'm going to spam the heck out of you people, okay? You can unsubscribe anytime you want because any good mailing platform also has to go by that rule as well. All right. Okay. We're done here. Yay. Thanks for downloading and listening, everybody. You all rock. Happy pegging and no shame.